tonight and give him thanks praise be to God praise be to God praise be to God thank you Jesus oh thank you Jesus mighty God mighty God have your way in our midst tonight thank you Jesus thank you Jesus everybody said in Jesus name amen amen how many enjoying what you're feeling here right now praise God praise God praise God Amen. I'm going to ask that you remain standing tonight. We're going to bring to the pulpit a good friend of ours and his first time here in South Florida. And uh, he hails from Sacramento, California. And he's a preacher of the Word of God, used of God. And, and I know he's going to bring a good word for the Lord, uh, from the Lord here for us tonight. And uh, I want you to put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise for bringing Brother Cody Marks uh, to us here tonight. Brother Marks. Praise God. I wonder if we could just raise our hands all over the building and just call upon the name of the Lord right now. Would you do that? 
Aleluia. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. There is no place in the world like being in the church. So thankful for the church of the living God. Anybody feel that way tonight? Thankful for the church. And I'm not looking for anything better. Because when you got the best, you ain't got to look for anything better. Praise God. So glad to be with you here in Florida. Appreciate the spirit of the Lord that I feel here tonight. And um, just an honor to be here. And I believe the Lord, I believe the Lord wants to speak to us tonight. And he's thankful for his word. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to Genesis chapter 49. No, you don't know me, and I don't know you, but the Word of God is the same still, and um, I pray that you would just open your mind and heart and respond to the Word of the Lord tonight. I'm just going to be me, if that's okay. It's going to be me. A lot of things I could preach to you, but I felt very strong in prayer have felt very strong in prayer for a while um, to speak this to you tonight and I'm not exactly sure where we're going to go or how far we're going to go but I have had something on my spirit and have felt it very heavy again today for this service in particular. Genesis chapter 49 And if we could, let's begin reading in verse number 31. Verse number 30 talks to us about the cave that was purchased by Abraham. Verse number 31 then says, There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. Verse 31 says something that's very powerful here at the end of it. And it says, And there I buried Leah. 
Jacob speaking here. There I buried Leah. I want to talk to us tonight for a few moments if the Holy Ghost to help us. If the Holy Ghost don't help us, we're in trouble, but I believe the Holy Ghost is going to help us. I want to talk to us tonight for just a little while on the subject, learning to love Leah. Learning to love Leah. Would you raise your hands and ask the Lord to have his way with the remainder of this service? Praise God. pray you help us God let your word be alive in this house let your word come alive in this house move in the midst of your people tonight let the spirit of revelation God let divine illumination Praise God. Clap your hands and give the Lord praise. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. If you would follow me for just a few moments, I want to touch the tops of very familiar story to most of us in order to get us um, to the meat of where I feel like we need to go tonight. Um, the Bible says that within the womb of Rebecca was warring what we eventually find out to be two powerful nations. And the Word of God explains to us that within her womb is Esau and his younger brother Jacob. As they are born, the Bible says that Jacob is delivered, holding on to the heel of his elder brother. And as Scripture begins to play out, we see that Esau is favored by his father, and Jacob is a little more of a mama's boy. But we also see that their loves and their desires are different. Uh, the Bible gives us um, a couple of incidences where we just catch a glimpse of where Jacob, where his heart is, and where the heart of Esau's at. Both men having their faults, understanding that uh, just the name of Jacob bears a revelation to us that he is a deceiver. But I believe Scripture gives us enough in the beginning to understand that Jacob has a heart after God. Esau is uh, irreverent. He's a little distracted. Uh, he has his mind on other things. But the point I want to make is I, I feel like that this uh, the younger twin spends most of his life feeling like that he's playing second fiddle to his elder brother. 
He's kind of in the shadows. Just stay with me. I'm going somewhere. He's, he's, he's in the shadows of, of Esau, uh, seemingly favored just a little more by his father Isaac. And you know the story. Esau comes in from a long journey. And before long, there is a trade that is made. And that trade, Jacob possesses the birthright of Esau before it's all said and done. Uh, as the story rocks on, Jacob, along with his mother, began to set a plan into motion in order to fulfill uh, and to bring to pass the promise that Esau had made. And you know the story. Jacob, the day that Jacob comes in with the, with the goat's hair upon his arms and he stands in before uh, his father Isaac, and Isaac is getting up in age now, and his, his, his sight's not as, quite as good as it's always been. And he begins to hear what sounds to him uh, like Jacob. But as he reaches out and he feels, as he reaches out and he feels, he begins to feel what feels like Esau. Uh, I hadn't planned on staying right here very long, but I just feel a little nudge uh, to make a point while we're here right here. It is very important that we understand that if we're going to get very far in living for God, that we cannot trust everything that we feel. What I'm telling you? You can't trust everything you feel. In fact, there are a lot of times that I have very strong, real feelings about things going on in my life. And I continue to do what's right and continue to live for God. And as time rocks on, time's got a way of revealing that a lot of things that feel real are false information. And where Isaac made his first mistake is, is his ears were telling him it was Jacob. But his feelings were telling him that it was Esau. And so there is a very valid point in learning to live for God successfully here. And that is, you better lean on those things that you have been taught. You better lean on the Word of God. You better lean on the things that have been instilled into you by your man of God from the Word of God. Hallelujah. It may feel like finality. It may feel like it's over. It may feel like there's no hope. It may seem like that God's a million miles away, but you got to remember from his word, the Bible says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And regardless of how lonely you may feel, Hallelujah. Don't let the devil get you in that game of, of well, it feels like God uh, is a million miles away or it feels like God is on vacation or it feels like that God has forgotten where I'm at. Yo, you need to remember the Bible says that he will stick closer than any brother. Hallelujah. I don't care how you feel. you got to understand that your feelings are not solid enough to stand on. But the Word of God is forever, and it's yea and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like God's speaking to somebody right now. You need to quit determining.
determining how you're going to respond by how you feel. you got to respond to that situation by how you know. And you know that God brought you in the valley. And it's the valley of the shadow of death. And God will bring you out of the valley that he brought you into. Oh, I feel Holy Ghost help in this house. Hallelujah. 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 I, I, I just feel like stopping and telling somebody right now in this building, and you know who you are. You better not make that decision according to how you feel. I don't know what you guys are used to around here tonight, but I'm just going to be myself. And maybe you'll get used to that before we get done here tonight. I said you better not make that decision according to how you feel. And you better not make that decision according just to the things that you see. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you right now, you better be more determined to stay in the will of God. Hey, in the day and hour that we're, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I, I feel a prophetic utterance on what I'm saying. In the day and hour that we're living in, the shaky times that you and I are living in, I wouldn't pull my kids up out of a good apostolic church under good apostolic leadership to take a $5 an hour raise on a job. Oh, we're going to get the devil stirred up. I said, I wouldn't pull my family up. I wouldn't pull my family up out of an apostolic church that believed apostolic truth and refused to compromise it just because somebody in my family from another church put pressure on me and said, hey, why don't you come over here and you can do this and do that over? No, 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 no. I wouldn't pull my family up on what somebody else is saying. You may be in the struggle of your life, but you ain't even seen struggle. You hadn't even seen problems until you get yourself out of the will of God. You may feel like there ain't anything going for you, but I'm telling you, if you're in an apostolic church, you got everything going for you. You may feel like there's nothing going for you, but if you're in the will of God, you got everything going for you. Hallelujah. Let me preach to somebody. You may feel like everything in life is against you. Let everything in life be against you. You got one that's for you, and the one that's for you is greater than everything that's against you. And if God be for you, boy, somebody ought to praise God right now. Can I tell you something with authority? Don't waste another dinner table conversation. Don't waste another moment in bed discussing it. Let it be settled right now. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not moving. God planted me here, and I'm going to stay where God planted me. Praise God. You can be seated, thank you, for standing in reference to the word of the Lord. So, Jacob now possesses the birthright that initially belonged to Esau. 
Esau, short period of time later, is jarred and shocked when he realizes that the thing that I believe he thought never would happen has come to pass. I believe in Esau's mind he never expected when he made that trade. I don't believe he ever expected for Jacob ever to really possess that birthright. He's shocked with the news that indeed Isaac has blessed his younger brother and He's angry and wants to kill him. Listen, listen, I believe the Lord's got a word for us here tonight. And Esau is wroth. There's murder in his eyes. Isaac finds out what has happened. The Bible says that he calls Jacob in and he prays over him. And after he prays over him, he says, Son, I love you. But you can't stay here. If you stay here, your brother will kill you. You must leave. And so he blesses him yet again and he sends him off. He tells Jacob as he's leaving out the back door, don't just go anywhere. He said, I want you to go to your mother's people. He said, when you find your mother's people, he said, that's where I want you to, I want you to marry. And he said, and Marion, he said, I, that's where I want you to, to build a home and to raise a family. And so here he takes off on his journey. Somewhere on the road to Laban's house, the Bible says that David, or not David, excuse me, but Jacob stops to rest for a minute. And in resting, there is a spiritual moment that happens to him. There is a ladder that stretches from the heavens down to the earth. The Bible says that there were angels ascending and descending on that ladder. There was a voice that boomed out of this spiritual moment and God begins to speak his affirmation to Jacob. Jacob begins to realize not only do you have the blessing of Esau, not only has your father prayed his blessing over you before you left but Jacob begins to realize somebody from another world is interested in him I believe Jacob begins to realize that his life is turned a corner he's no longer going to live in the shadows of Esau but now it begins to look like that the life of Jacob is going to bloom into great things God begins to promise him some pretty powerful stuff in this spiritual moment. Jacob gets up from that place. There's a lot of preaching in that, but for the sake of time, he continues on his journey. It's very important for you to understand that I believe the old patriarch at this point is feeling pretty good about life and himself. Jacob, I believe, has got a sense of confidence about him at this point that he's not had yet and he begins to journey on towards his mother's people listen to me because we're fixing to get to where I believe the Holy Ghost wants us tonight the Bible says that he happens up upon a well there are some shepherds about this well and he begins to converse with them he begins to talk to these shepherds about 
whatever and in the course of conversation he begins to inquire about Laban and inquire about the direction of Laban's house the shepherds are carrying on conversation it's very important for you to get your spiritual imagination stirred up right now so you can understand really what's going on and all of a sudden as the shepherds are responding to Jacob they begin to realize that Jacob has checked out of this conversation Jacob is no longer with them Jacob has looked past them his ears are not hearing what they are saying but Jacob's eyes are on something beyond the shepherds Holy Ghost is going to help some people in this house before we get done tonight and the shepherds turn to look what Jacob has his eyes fastened upon and it's a woman and she is walking along out there in the distance and Jacob is overwhelmed and captivated by, by what he sees and he's got, he's got butterflies in his stomach. Come on, some of you just loosen up a little bit. You know what love's all about. And uh, it's, it's love at first sight, Elder, and, and Jacob all of a sudden begins, come on, guys, help Brother Marks. It's love at first sight. And, and, and Jacob, he, he's not hearing the directions. He, there's no way he's hearing the directions. If he's got to go to Laban's house from their directions, he's in a heap of trouble because he's got this pretty girl on his mind. I got to imagine that Jacob is all of a sudden realizing, hey, that's everything I've ever dreamed about. That's everything I've ever wanted. Man, look, look at look how beautiful she is. Look, look at the way she's got her hair fixed. Look, look, look at look at her eyes. Look at look at the way she bats her eyelashes. I mean, he is just stunned by the by the beauty. And that that's the dream. I mean, that's everything. That's a dream woman. That's that, that that's that's happily ever after right there. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost. And I, I, don't, I don't recommend what happens next. In fact, I'm a little timid to tell some of you the rest of the story because I, uh, I don't believe this is allowed around here in the Dayton rules. Uh, I hope to God it's not, but Jacob's so overwhelmed by the moment that once he realizes that it's Laban's daughter, the Bible says he just takes her in his arms and he lays a big old kiss on her. Now, all you kids shouldn't have heard that. You just plug your ears. That's against the Dayton rules around here. And uh, he's so overwhelmed by this. And, and, and it must be God. My life has finally took a turn for the best. This is God. This is, we, we've all had those moments. This is, this is a dream come true. This is, this is, it's happily ever after. And, and my God, and not only is it a beautiful woman, but the Bible says that, that it's a beautiful woman out of the house of Laban. It can't get any better than this. And she's single. That's important. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, that's pretty important. And so she says, come on, I want you to meet Daddy. Let's go. Is this okay? Let's go. I want you to meet Daddy. Let's, let's go quickly. And so uh, Jacob never finishes his conversation with the shepherds. The shepherds are still standing there. What happened to this fellow he's talking to? And, and off he goes, following the dream, <laughs> following the future. Here he goes. And when he gets there, Laban, his uncle, so glad to see him, and, and they embrace, and, 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 there's, and it's time for a party. And, and I believe the Bible says that for 30 days, it was just feasting and, and catching up on old times. And, and what about this cousin? And what about this brother? And, 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 and Jacob, I don't know how much Laban got out of him in those 30 days because all he had his mind on was the dream and the future. 
far as the 30 days comes to an end, Laban says, look, uh, it's pretty apparent that you like my daughter. But, uh, yeah, I want to marry her. I, I want to spend the rest of my life with her. And, and so after the meeting's over, the Bible says that there's a, they come to a conclusion that there's for the hand of Rachel. Jacob was so convinced that that was the future, it was no problem to him to work seven years for the dream. No problem to invest time when you know you're going to get what you want. Pretty easy to sweat and bleed and shed tears when you feel like you're going to get the outcome that you initially thought you were going to get from the beginning. What I'm going to preach to this church is very precious to me because this saved me. This is a revelation that saved me in a very vulnerable time in my life. Jacob marks off every day, 365 days every day for seven years. The seventh year, the last day, he checks it off. And he marches into the house of Laban and he says, Okay, I've put my seven years in. I'm ready to have the future. I'm ready to have... I'm ready to have my dream. I'm ready for the destiny. I'm ready for everything that I've worked so hard for. I'm ready for you to possess the reward of my seven years of faithfulness. It's time for some good things to start coming my way. You know the story, but let me just, let me just talk to you and the Holy Ghost from the story a little bit tonight. Jacob However it happens, get back. he gets back to the room with what he thinks is the dream. Jacob gets back to the room with what he thinks is the answer, if I could say it like this, is the answer to everything he's prayed for. Jacob gets back to the room with what he thinks is the consequences of seven years of faithfulness. Elder only to pull back the veil and to realize that it's not the dream it's not the future it's not the promise it's not the reward of seven years of faithfulness the Bible says that he comes to the horrid realization that it's instead the ugly older sister Leah But it's very significant for you to understand that Leah's name, its origins, literally, it, it speaks of weakness. Her very name, literally, when it's translated, it speaks of weakness. So instead of the dream, instead of the future, instead of the reward of his faithfulness, Jacob is married to ugliness. Jacob is married to pain. Jacob is married to weakness. Jacob is married to unpleasantness. I know it's quiet. We're going to bounce off the walls probably tomorrow night. Just bear with me tonight. I want to help somebody. He's got himself hooked up with ugly. He's got himself hitched up with weakness. And so what did Jacob do? What did he do? He, he, he did exactly what some of you have been spending a lot of time 
over periods of your life doing, he marches right back to the Father. And he says, listen, Laban, this wasn't written up in the contract. Now I'm going to break it down to where you're living. How many times have we served God faithfully seasons of our lives where we've served God faithfully we've not been perfect but we've done everything we knew to do was, was right we, we, we didn't do everything right but we, we had a heart that wanted to do everything that was right and, and we've, we, we've served God and we, we've done our best to be obedient to the man of God and we prayed and we fasted and we sacrificed and we gived and every time the church doors are open we're there and, and somehow we get into our minds as people of God that the contract of being married to God is that everything's always going to be pleasant and so I found myself in a time of my life dealing with not the pleasantness of answered prayers and not the pleasantness of the future and dreams and things that I had anticipated and things that I had aspired and ambitions but I found myself in a place of life where it wasn't what I dreamed of being apostolic was at all but I found myself in ugly situations and I found myself in painful moments and I felt myself dealing with extreme weakness and I've done just like many of you have done over your life. I go to God and I tell him, God, this wasn't written up in the contract. This is not what I've been faithful for. The Bible says that Jacob told Laban, you have beguiled me. You have, you have tricked me. And I've spent a lot of my time before this revelation. i spent a lot of my time during painful periods in life complaining to God. God, I've been faithful and I have to deal with trouble. I've been faithful and I have to deal with people lying on me oh but here it comes listen to me the father looks at him and in response he says you've got to understand something you can't have the dream you can't have what's pleasant until you fulfill the days of what's ugly. For the fail, the reason, the beauty of Rachel was still living in the house is because everybody else in that area knew. And nobody wanted to fulfill what was ugly and painful. You hear what I'm telling you? There was a reason Rachel was, if she was ready to wed, there was a reason that she was still living at home. There was a reason nobody was hitched up to what was beautiful and pretty and pleasant. It was because nobody else wanted to pay the price. Do you understand it's not always what we think that we want? It's most times, many times, it doesn't have anything to do with what we want or what we think we deserve. It's what the Father sees that we need. Hallelujah. Some people, some people never embrace Rachel. Some people never get to marry Rachel. Some people never take Rachel home because they're not willing to fulfill the days of what's ugly and what's weak. That's why there's not as many powerful apostolic churches as there ought to be. That's why there's not more powerful apostolic ministries in our country. That's why there's a lot of people sitting on our pews that are not fulfilling what God really wants them to fulfill because you can't have power without pain. The price of power is pain. The veil was rent. 
and the power that had been closed behind a veil was disclosed or it was opened up to the world but it took a man that suffered and it took a man that was persecuted by his own people everybody wants Rachel but nobody wants Leah fact I'm finding across the nation as I've traveled the last 10 years that apostolics can get in a rut and they never they never possess Rachel because they spend all of their time trying to move Leah out of their life we want pain elder we don't want things to happen that cause us to be uncomfortable we don't want pressure we don't want stuff that stirs us. We want things to go our way. Another popular term that I could type Rachel to is revival. I want you to understand revival don't come cheap. There's a price to pay for revival. I gave myself for 21 weeks to a church, a local assembly, a community and I watched as God begin to turn things in that church only to see jealousy and bitterness rise up in the closing of that revival and I watched a man that had treated us like his kids rise up like a snake and turn on us and the last night of that revival I watched that snake lay its fangs in us I was just a kid I'm young now I'm 29 but I was just a kid then I was sure enough green then and I watched that family turn on us and they sunk the venom of bitterness into us there was lies told one lie after another I walked in the trailer and found my wife pregnant five months pregnant with our first child I found her in a fetal position crying her eyes out. I watched her cry for 48 hours. I could hear the crying and the crack of her crying. I could hear her saying things, the same things I was saying, but God, I've given my life to this. Why are these people lying on me? Why are these people fighting me? Why are these people saying this about me? This wasn't written up in the contract when I accepted my call to the ministry. I thought it was going to be crusades and hundreds getting the Holy Ghost and miracles and people getting up out of wheelchairs. And, buddy, that's what you thought that you wanted, but you can't have what you wanted until you fulfill what I see you need. I hooked that truck onto that trailer. I didn't know if I was going to quit. I didn't know if it was going to kill me. I didn't know what it was going to do. I drove away from there crying so hard from the words, the lies, and the fact that God said, keep your mouth closed and don't vindicate yourself. And I'm screaming. I'm ashamed to tell you I stood before God just like Jacob stood before Laban, and I was screaming, God, this is not Rachel! Gave my blood and guts for 21 weeks. This is not Rachel. And all of a sudden, I began to hear the voice of a boy from the past 
And in my ear, I could hear that eight-year-old boy that prayed the first time, God, I don't want to be normal. I don't want to follow the path that the, that the crowds are following. I want you to use me in a unique way. I want you to take me places in the spirit that men have never been. I want you to speak things. And I, and I 24 years old, began to hear myself praying as an 8-year-old boy. And the Lord smote me and said, I'm only trying to answer your prayer. And until you learn to embrace and to fulfill the days of what hurts, I can't give you power. Biblical principle? You better believe it is. Anybody ever heard of the Apostle Paul? He had Aaliyah in his life. He called it a thorn. The Bible says he did just like Jacob did to Laban. Three times he went to God and asked him to remove it. But eventually he realized there's some things that are not going to go away. There's some things that are not going to learn. They're, they're never going to leave. And if Leah's not going to leave, I'm going to have to learn to love her. So he, come back, he comes back the fourth time and he says, I now therefore glory, glory in mine infirmities. Rather, glory in my infirmities. And he goes down through there and he says that the power of God may rest upon me. You've got to picture Jacob standing there screaming like some of you have done, saying, I don't want this. Do you understand to whom much is given much is required. I'm telling somebody right now the stuff going on in your family is nothing more than the Lee in your life and God's trying to buff some things out of your life to really create and prepare you to be the person that you've prayed to be. Listen, because I'm closing, but this is very important. There's something very important here. Because for Jacob to hate something initially so bad, elder, the Bible records, and I read it in your hearing, that the thing that he initially wanted nothing to do with He buried her next to his grandfather Abraham. The disappointment. He thought enough of the disappointment. He thought enough of the weakness, Brother Hershon. He thought enough of the thing that didn't go right in his life. He thought enough of it that he buried her next to his mama. He put her next to his daddy. Why? How could he bestow such an honor on something that he initially wanted nothing to do with? I think Jacob began to realize the things that I realized when God began to speak to me in this trial. I think Jacob woke up one morning and realized the pain gave me more sons than the dream ever gave me. The 
trouble gave me, God have mercy. The weakness, the ugliness gave me more children. The thing that I didn't want gave me more power than what I wanted ever gave me. Listen to me on the closing of our time together tonight. He began to realize, he began to realize what I realized. The law came from the trouble and the pain and the things that made him uncomfortable. The priesthood. David's musicians, they didn't come from the things that Jacob wanted. They produced, and they were produced, and they came from the things that initially he wanted nothing to do with. Some of you have already beat me to the punch because this is a word church, and you're saying, but Brother Marks, the dream gave him Joseph. You're right. The disappointment gave him Judah. Listen, listen. I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching for that right now. Just listen, listen. The dream, yeah, it gave him Joseph, and, and Joseph done a great thing, but do you do you realize what Joseph did was but for a set time? Judah was eternal. If you understand what I'm preaching to you right now, if you learn to love the things that are unpleasant in your life and the things that God allows to come into your life to make you better, do you understand that it's the things that don't go your way that'll save you, not the things that do go your way? You learning to respond differently to the adverse. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. Do you understand that eventually it was the disappointment? It was the ugliness? It was the thing that he eventually did not want? That provoked the dream to produce? It was Leah's constant picking prodding that eventually provoked it provoked Rachel to the place that she got desperate enough that she had a child I've learned I've lived long enough I've watched this play out long enough to understand when I just learned to love Leah when I just learned to accept she's got to live in the house I want Rachel but Leah's got to live in there too it's the only time in life you're allowed to be married to two women if they've got to live in the same house I'm preaching truth to you you go to the book of Ruth and you get a you get you a highlighter and highlight what I'm fixing to tell you you see if it's in your Bible here comes here comes Ruth and the end of Ruth and the book of Ruth and the Bible says let her house be a great house like the house of Jacob that was built by both Leah and Rachel do you understand you can't have a great house unless pain and power are living God help me communicate this right now I said do you understand you can't be a great man of God unless pain and power live in the same house do you understand you can't be a good saint of God unless dreams and disappointment live in the same house
theologians and historians, some of them believe that when Leah died, that Jacob was standing by her bedside. I don't know where they get their information, but I have researched and theologians believe, so there are some theologians that believe that when the disappointment and the ugliness and the weakness, when it drew its last breath and it died, they say it was several miles from the place that Leah died to the cave that Abram had purchased, Abraham had purchased, but they say when she died, Brother Urshan, that there are some that believe that he didn't put her on a cart or on the back of a horse. There are some theologians that believe that he took her in his arms. And he made his way to the cave. Somewhere in the process of life, Jacob learned to love. I don't know I'm a little different and I, and, I, and I was determined to just be myself these two nights I heard in prayer this afternoon by the way I just want to stop and say this I appreciate Elder and Sister Fell and such a spirit of prayer there. it's been a long time since I've tapped in that way but I heard, I heard a voice in my physical ears. I heard someone, as they looked at all of the ugliness, and then they examined their commitment and what they've tried to do is right. And I heard, I heard them as they was questioning, God, is this really how you reward faithfulness? Do you reward faithful people by folks they love lying on them? I'm not just preaching a sermon. I'm talking to some people in the Holy Ghost right now. There's a, there, there, there's a lady in this house, and I know who you are right now, and I'm not going to embarrass you, but you've watched what your parents have gone through. They've given their life to this. And you've watched, you've watched the things. You've watched the things that have been done to them and the lies that have been told. Everything in you wants to live for God, but there's times when you get low, you have to step back. and you, 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 you've, you've, you've gone through periods where you, you've questioned God, do I really want to put my boys, do I really want to put my family through what I've had to watch my parents go? I didn't come here to preach a couple can warmed up sermons this conference. The Holy Ghost spoke to me. I'm here because the Holy Ghost brought me here. You're weighing all of this. Is it worth it? God, is this, is this how you reward people that's given their life to ministry?
Some of you may have heard her sing. I don't know if she's gotten down this far, but for the life of me, and I know Brother Urshan knows who she is. I, I don't understand, for the life of me, I don't understand why Priscilla Magruder's battled cancer. Priscilla Magruder's a powerful apostolic singer. You sing with the Magruder's. I don't know why she's battled cancer. I, I don't understand. I've never seen somebody so positive and I, I, I don't I don't know. It's gone and then it comes back and she's been pulled back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I, I don't I don't understand that. But I do know at her weakest point. Brother Maruda woke up one night, began to feel around in his bed, and she wasn't there and he thought, Oh God, she's she's gotten up and she ain't she's not even strong enough to Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. She's not even strong enough to walk across the room and she's out. He said, I started calling her name, Priscilla! Priscilla! He said, I couldn't find her. And finally, I got in the living room and he said, I found her. He said, she was standing there shaking. He said, it was dark and I couldn't tell at first what she was doing. He said, when I finally got close enough to see, he said, there was a Bible laying in the floor. He said, Priscilla was standing on top of it. What are you doing, Priscilla? I'm too weak to raise my hands. I'm too weak to shout. But I'm determined to stand on his word. Determined to stand on his word. I'm trying to preach some determination back into somebody's spirit in this place tonight. I'm trying to preach the want to back in somebody's spirit. I'm trying to preach a surge of faith back into your spirit right now. If you're willing to fulfill the days of what's ugly, God's going to give you the days of what he's promised you because God is not a man that he should lie. You're going to have the greatest revival that God's ever that God, that God's ever given. I'm telling you, just as rich as you hear what I'm telling you, just as rich as the physical soil is in this part of the country, I believe the spiritual soil, I believe it's, I believe it's a sign. I believe the spiritual soil is as rich in this part of the country as the physical soil. Well, I figured I'd get somebody to shout right there. I said, I believe the spiritual soil is as rich. I want somebody to leave this building know, knowing if I stay faithful and I'm willing to fulfill the days of low and down. It's coming. It's coming today. Learning to love Leah. Please don't spend the rest of your life if you really want power. You can't spend the rest of your life complaining and fussing and cussing and moaning and groaning about pressure. People that are powerful deal with constant pressure. Do you understand that pressure is part of the package? Power is packaged with pressure. I don't know. I don't know. I want. It's one of the first things I want to ask God when I get to heaven. Is God, why in the world is powerful people got to deal with constant pressure? But either you can complain about it 
fall off the ship during the seasons when it's strong or just learn to submit to it and know it's working something in your life. He said, gladly, therefore, will I rather. You just got to get happy about it. You got to learn to get, you just got to learn to be happy. I'm not going to let Leah make my day bad. I'm not going to make Leah make my day bad. Because I, I understand down, down at the end of the hall is Rachel. And I, every once in a while, you got to walk down the hall and you got to remember everything good God's done in your life. When you're dealing with the ugliness, every once in a while, you got to walk down the hall and you got to look in there at what's beautiful. You got to look at your kids that are healthy. Boy, I feel preach up in this house right now. I said, every once in a while, you got to go get your eyes on Rachel and look at everything that's right. I want us to come. I don't know how you normally do it, but I want you to come. There's a big crowd. I want you to step out in the aisles. Everybody that's breathing, I want you to move to the aisles, and I want you to move as close to the front as possible. Quickly, the Holy Ghost is ministering right now. I don't know what you expected, but I, this, is, this is what I felt for the first, for the second night of this conference. That's it. Move. You know what's best for me. There's an old song that says, you know what's best for me, God. Come on, hit the aisles. When you get down here, I want you to look at me. We're going to do something. I'm going to let you pray, but we're going to do something. Now, this may seem crazy, but this is what we're going to do. I want you to take your finger just like this. Get like this. Just stick it out like that right there. Come on, get it out. Now, this may seem crazy, but we're going to say this until something starts breaking in this place. I want you to say, God, God. you are right. You are right. Now, that sounds almost ignorant. That, that sounds almost dumb to say that, doesn't it? Say it again. God, you're right. God, you're right. I want you to say it with some feeling. God, you are right. All hell may be breaking loose in my life, but there may be sickness in my body, but family may be upside down, but I may have lost my job, but my husband may have left me, but I may be the only one in my family that lives for God, but say it. Come on. You're right. God, you're right. Come on, I need a single mama to get that finger in the air and say it right now. God, you're right. I need a preacher's wife. I need you to get that finger in the air right now and say, God, you're right. God, you're right. Come on now, raise your hands and just begin to just begin to bask in his presence. It's here right now. You're right. Come on, you're right. Tell him, you're right. God, you're right. God, you're right. They lied on me, but God, you're right. They cheated me, but God, you're right. Come on, I want you to cry out to God. Come on, young people, lift your voice and cry out to Him. I need moms and dads crying out to Him.
Come on, lift your voice and cry out to him. Come on, men. I need to hear some men crying out to him. Come on, lift your voice and cry out to him. Come on. Come on, there's a spirit of reassurance here. Do you hear what I'm telling you? There's a spirit of reassurance. There's a spirit of encouragement. God wants to lift up somebody's head. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors. Lift up your head. Come on, lift up that physical head. There's nothing to be sad about. There's no reason to be downhearted. There's no reason to live in constant despair. You're right, God. You're right, God. Come on, you're right, God. You're right, God. You're right, God. You're right, God. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to get hard. You're right. Come on, tell him, God, if you see any sign of bitterness, wash it out of my spirit. Come on, I'm talking to somebody in the Holy Ghost. If you see any sign of unforgiveness, wash me. Flush it out of my spirit. God, you're right. God, you're right. God, you're right. I don't understand, but you're still right. I don't understand, but you're still right. <laughs> you're going to make it. You. Oh, I wish you'd lift that voice. I wish you'd cry out to God with a loud voice. I wish you'd cry out with a loud voice. God, you're right. You're right. You're right. I've been wrong, but you're right. I've been done wrong, but you're right. Teach me to learn to love Leah.
Come on, you got to break down that prison of offense. You've got an offended spirit. right now Holy Ghost is trying to break out on us stop we're getting a breakthrough in here tonight there's some folks that's been closed up for a long time 
You're breaking out of that cave tonight. You're breaking out of that prison of offense. Holy Ghost is helping us. We're getting a breakthrough right now. Oh, 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 hey. Head up, mama. Head up, wherever you're at, mama. Head up. Head up, daughter. Oh, my God, there's some power up in this house right now. There's some power in this house right now. There's Holy Ghost power in this house right now. There's Holy Ghost power in this house right now. 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 Holy Ghost power. My God, keep crying out. There's a breakthrough here. My God, there's a breakthrough in this house. Somebody's getting some help right now. Hey, you are not alone. God is watching. God is keeping accurate record of every lie that's been told. God's keeping record. God's going to avenge you of your adversaries. Oh. My God, I come against the hell. I come against the hell. I come against the torment in hell. My God, let something positive break through right now in this house. Come on. My God, Holy Ghost is moving in here. Woo! My God, I pray that a determination, I pray that a fresh determination to stay about the work of God would begin to explode. Devil, you can't push me out. Devil, you can't shove me out. You can't talk me out. You can't gossip me out. I'm in this thing to stay. I'm in this thing to stay. I'm not going anywhere. You can't run me off. Come on, men. Come on, young men. Come on. Come on. Jesus. Jesus. Fresh faith. My God, I'm praying for fresh faith. I'm praying for fresh faith. Help us feel tonight the way we felt about it the first night you showed it to us. My God, give us that feeling again. Give us that excitement again. I want that excitement again that I had the first night. I want that faith again. Hey, 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 hey. Holy Ghost is moving. Holy Ghost is moving. Hey, hey. Shalaba. Kialaba. I'm not just talking about stuff that's happened recently. 
I'm talking about stuff people's been dealing with 15 years, and I feel that specific. 15 years, I'm just, I'm not throwing a number out there. I feel that specific. God's fixing to do some big stuff with the people in this church. You better hear what I'm telling you. He's going to prove to himself that you're not on an island out here all by yourself. You better hear what I'm prophesying to you right now. God's fixing to prove himself to you. God's going to show himself to you in a way you've never seen him before. God have mercy. Woo! Don't stop praying. Come on. There's a breakthrough in this house. We're not done yet. We're not in a hurry tonight. This is revival. We've been praying for a harvest, but you got to have a revival before you can have a harvest. Come on. This is revival tonight. Oh, oh, oh.
get your hands up. Get your hands up. Open them up. Open them up. My God, the Holy Ghost has poured something out to us, right?